Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Okay, the word is out. They're gonna talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 617. What did we see? Hillbilly Elegy. There we go. <laughs> Which almost sounds kind of offensive. Well, I guess, I think it's one of those things where, like, you know, you can, u- if you're one, you can use the H word. <laughs> I guess that's fair. <laughs> Which is fitting because a lot of them apparently also just like to use H. So <laughs> lots of it. Yes. Yeah. So uh Hillbilly directed by Ron Howard. Hmm. So yeah. guess, uh, let's uh let's go around the virtual table and everyone can introduce themselves. This is Joe. This is Kevin. And this is Tom. Quick shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeart, wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us. Uh while you're there, be sure and subscribe so you never miss an episode. And, of course, if you'd be so kind, leave us a rating and review just so the people who come along after you know that it was worth their time and they should check it out. Also, uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. One of the best things you could do for us that doesn't cost you a dime is share an episode and join the League of Show Sharers just so your like-minded friends and family, uh, although in today's world it seems like we have like-minded friends friends but maybe not like-minded families <laughs> but so they can you know maybe they'll stumble upon it and like it too and you'll have something to talk about with them whenever we're allowed to see each other in person good luck and we actually uh we this is something doing for us we have free movies to give away how about that i like free movies yeah. my thunder and uh well we see free movies all the time kevin we're pretty jaded, oh. so but <laughs> but the listeners that's why i like to. them i the listeners don't get to so this is uh for a new movie called Game On, this holiday season, Josh Dumal stars and directs the wild and hilarious no-holds-barred comedy Buddy Games, now premiering at home. Featuring an all-star cast including Dak Shepard, Olivia Munn, Kevin Dillon, James Roday, and Nick Swarsden, six lifelong friends reunite for the Buddy Games, an insane competition of absurd physical and mental challenges for a chance to win a $150,000 pot. You can buy or rent Buddy Games today on digital and DVD. It's rated R. It's from Paramount Pictures. So here's what you need to do. Uh, if you uh, tweet at us or Facebook at us. Is Facebook a verb now? Uh, <laughs> sure. Uh, you know, So tag us so we know that you're talking to us. And use the hashtag Buddy Games or Buddy Games Movie. We will select, uh, was it five winners? Yep, we have five digital codes to give away for this one. Why do I feel like we had six digital codes and Kevin's telling us we got five <laughs> digital codes? <laughs> we all of a sudden, well, oh, now we're yeah. down to four. What's happening? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, uh, we will select five winners. We will select two and a half from Facebook and two and a half from Twitter. <laughs> you have to share an account for yes, that. Yes, we're trying to make help people make friends. So, uh, <laughs> so this is a great way to do it. But uh, so so do that uh, again. Hashtag Buddy Games or Buddy Games Movie. F- 
Facebook and Twitter, tweet at us, and you could win a free flick. Now, since I am uh, the head of the HR department, among other responsibilities, I want to make sure that we clarify that if they win this challenge, they are not winning a $150,000 pot. That is the plot of the movie. <laughs> Correct. Yes. I, I don't want anyone coming for their $150,000. No, no, you're 000. just getting a movie. Yes. <laughs> you're getting it's a digital, a, digital code. A, yes, a digital, digital code. code for a movie. Yes. Calm down, people. If we yes. had $150,000, we would uh, stop doing the show, divide it three ways, and, <laughs> and call, call it a day. day. <laughs> <laughs> so people who were kind enough to share an episode this week uh, are Librarian Cynthia, Chris Falls, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Williams, Aaron Marlowe, Chris Sanders, Heather Sachs, Chris Magic Man, Tammy Sherman Powers, Carl Chris Clarkson, and... <laughs> I'm just... Oh. Every other person is named Chris, so I just want to catch their rhythm. Oh, I see. And... Ralph Chris Tribble. So thank you very much for sharing the show. We greatly appreciate it. And if you want to do something that uh, that isn't free that helps us out, you can check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month you get all sorts of bonus content and you help us out, and that is greatly appreciated. So um, there's all that. I guess we will now embark upon Hillbilly Elegy. So... Before we get into this, okay. is it fair to say that Ron Howard is kind of like the Howard Hawks of the current of current generation of filmmakers? I mean, I I think that that's a fairly apt comparison, although I like I because he doesn't really have a style. He doesn't. He's uh, he and, and I mean this is a compliment. This does yes. not sound like a compliment. Right. I'm a Ron right, right, Howard right. fan. He is a craftsman. Right, yeah. he he yeah, is not an auteur. He is a director as project manager, like, and so he's he oversees the production and he makes and he he gets his movies done. He gets them on time. They every from everything we can tell, it they sound like they are drama free sets. And he is he is a consummate professional, but he does not shoot a movie in a way where you could pull out a random scene and be like. That's a Ron Howard movie. Right. No, right? there's no Ron Howard look at all. And, no. And he's he's very competent as a filmmaker and very versatile. But, yeah, I mean, he can go from Solo to Rush to this. I mean, Well, it's it, almost like, I mean, Solo wasn't even his anyway. Like, the, he, he, yeah. He I, came and I in, think what, halfway through that production? Two-thirds from the sound of it. Mm. And, and, and I said at the time, like, I think he was a brilliant choice. And I stand by that. I think Solo was a lot of fun. I agree. And people were just mad about the last movie, and they took it out on Solo. But sure. um, but I thought Solo was a lot of fun, and I thought Ron Howard was a, was a great choice because Ron Howard, as a director, has no ego. And so, while you can you might say that some of the things we're saying, you know, don't sound like compliments, I, I think that they are because Ron Howard does not. Uh, he does not make the movie about him in the way a lot of other directors do. Right. Now, right, some right. directors, you want that, right? Like, you want a Quentin Tarantino movie to be a Quentin Tarantino mm-hmm. movie, and, and that's okay. You want Scorsese to be Scorsese. Like, that. that's okay. But, uh, you know, he comes from this other generation of, even though, you know, he he's he's younger than, than a Scorsese, but I feel like because he started in the industry at such a young age, you know, and people always got a little bit more, a little bit more seasoning on him. And he and he he worked with these people right. that that feel now like they were a million years ago. I mean, people always talk about how he was on the Andy Griffith show, but like I think people really forget like the dude was in the Music Man with Robert Preston. Like <laughs> he, so, he was, but he was like a like a kid kid, right? A kid kid. He he yeah. He played Winthrop and right, and, right. and he sings Gary Indiana and. Is, but I mean, is as long ago as Andy Griffith can feel, back it up and go to the Music Man, right? Right. right. So like he's he. I mean, he started with the tail end of old school Hollywood. Also, don't forget, like he made a movie. I mean, he was in a movie with John Wayne. He co-starred sure. in a movie with John Wayne, and that movie was directed by another kind of like old school director from that era, Don Siegel, who directed uh um uh the the first uh Dirty Harry movie. Yeah. And oh yeah. And so, uh, you know, so he he kind of he grew up in that soup of, you know, for the most part, especially in the Hollywood system, the director's job was to keep keep the trains running. Right. And it wasn't to necessarily put his stamp as an auteur on a film. And so 
I, do you think I he th- opens a movie though? Like, do you? I mean, again, we we go back to the the idea of the blank check, right. and I don't think he really got that until Apollo thirteen. Right? I think like that Apollo if you see his name, kinda... you know he's competent, though. Like, if you see it's a Ron Howard film, you at least know that you're in for a competent film. You're I, sure. don't I, I agree. That, I don't know that Ron Howard would be a name director to the average film goer, to the non-film buff, were it not for Andy Griffith Show and Happy Days. Like, I don't Interesting. know if he didn't have this huge acting career that preceded his his move to be a director... I don't know that the average person would really connect his name with the films. And some of that is because he doesn't have this auteur stamp like we we've come to expect from directors. And 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 I like honestly, like I appreciate that because Mm -hmm. he doesn't get in the way of the movie. His job there is to tell the story. Yeah. And and to tell it as effectively as he can and to and to not you know, he he doesn't like the bells and whistles that scream Ron Howard. Or you know, and so, and and now the the problem with that problems in quotes um, <laughs> is is that uh, is that when the story is less than stellar, there there isn't that extra stuff to maybe which get it across the finish line. Brings us to this movie, which and he's run into this before, right? Like, I mean, he you know, because I mean, he's directed a lot of huge movies. But he's, yeah. but he's directed a lot of a lot of misfires too, and but I will also say even when they misfire, they're not atrocious. He's like, Mm-mm. like so that's kind of how I feel about this. Like this movie is not good. It's and fine. I, and it 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 li- and the the problems with this movie live with the screenplay. Now you can put that at his feet at this point in terms of he's a big enough name to where he can he he can take a screenplay yeah. and go not good enough. Especially when it's his company now, right? It's Imagine. It has been for years. He can say, "Uh, uh-uh, you didn't quite get there. Go, go back and do some more work." But um, this movie felt very much like a lifetime movie. It felt like a movie that would have felt very important twenty five years ago. That's kind of like and, I, so. I kind of settled on like it's a it's a good movie, but it does nothing. It's almost like that Jack Ryan flick. We're like, I'm gonna forget everything about this. I wasn't mad that I was watching it, right? But I, in a month, I'm gonna completely forget that I saw it. It's, it's an efficiently just... made film, and it's watchable. Like, right? Yeah. Like, I was never bored, and I, right, I was right. into the story even when the movie was kind of pissing me off. Sure, but um, which I think speaks volumes, I guess, for Ron Howard ultimately. Um, but uh, but I also like this movie had the like. This movie's trying to tell a story about a, an element of society that typically isn't represented on film, right? Mm-hmm. Or or represented well. Right. Like and in so, a positive light. Right. So they're trying to tell that story, but as they tell that story, it really comes across as like left coast elites <laughs> telling you what they think <laughs> this world is like. Even yeah. though this is based on a book, this is a true story. The main mm. character of the film wrote the book Hillbilly Elegy, but it sounds like they, they did take some liberties when transferring it to the screen. Like, I was reading an article, and that this op- the opening scene of the movie, or pretty close to the opening scene, where he's at that that dinner mm-hmm. to interview for the internship. Oh, sure, sure. And he says where he's from, and they're just, like, all kind of making fun of it. And in the, the, like, in the book, that's not what happens at all. Like, ah. people, like... He gets I feel frustrated. like I feel like when he tells that that's like if I were in that in like that executive's position yeah. and he starts telling that story I'd be like uh you're hired right, right. like and, you you, you it, come out of the squalor and you put right. yourself and, through law school and in the in the in the book he talks about how his frustration wasn't that they talked down to him it was like they were so fascinated by this Horatio Alger pull yourself oh. up by your bootstrap story that it's kind of all they wanted to talk about and and that like and you know and that it kind of confirmed this world view for them of see anyone can do it if you just try hard enough when really he did try hard but he also he kind of threaded a needle yeah. to get out of there and and they they didn't recognize all the the societal things that were kind of stacked against him they just saw see everyone else is lazy and if they just weren't lazy like you they could be sitting at this table with us too and he was mm-hmm. like pump the brakes and, yeah i and, think that i think that's fair and so but 
this goes like the the old school, like it's almost like a movie from the forties, right? Where it's just like, ah, these these children, they just aren't working hard enough, are they? Like it's right, and so it's it's it just that's where I where I say that it feels like a movie from twenty five years ago. That it's just like that's I don't think that's what people are doing. Because the other thing too is like this scene in the movie, it I mean it takes place like four years ago or something. Like it's you know yeah right? yeah yeah. It's it's not it. This isn't a story about a guy who's you know my age who's fifty now and he he's was, like our age. Yeah, he and, and I might even be a little bit younger. I think he might be younger actually. Yeah, yeah and so I'm just like I mean they they're sitting at that table. And they all got cell phones. I mean, it, it's smartphones, so it can't be too terribly. That's long fair. Ago. That's true. I didn't think about so that. So I just like, yeah, like it's so it and it, in an effort to try and talk about this element of society that typically doesn't end up on screen in any sort of positive way. Like they end up really kind of looking like condescending d bags. Yeah, yeah. I don't think you're wrong at all. I, it's it's definitely uh, a part of society that. Is usually represented like in um, the fighter, like mm-hmm. um, what's his name, uh, Christian Bale's character, you know, and and that's kind of Amy Adams. Oh, it's funny, Amy Adams is also in the fighter. Isn't but she? Even you just make me more, think that's more an East Coast working class. That's fair. Where, that's fair. Where this is like Midwest flyover, like country. Kentucky bluegrass. Right. Yeah, and I mean that's... they they never say it ex- explicitly, but I'll say it for him because I think it's what they're saying. They're saying. Trump's America. They're saying Trump voters. <laughs> I mean, and I, mean, I don't even mean to be a dick about that. Look, like, at, look at a map. Yeah, uh, right. They, like, look at a, an electoral map. And yeah, like they're saying, and so they're trying to be like, this is their attempt to be like, we want to reach out and tell the story about Trump's America, and it, and instead, it just comes off as really and kind of insulting. It comes off as what a, and I and I don't mean this in a negative way. What a conservative filmmaker would make, right? Like he did. This guy did, well, you know, could, work hard and could, pull himself up from the bootstraps. Well, and I get would to cons- Yale. I th- see. I but it's a conservative with a lowercase c, not like a political conservative. I think he made a conservative film in a like he didn't take chances kind of way. But politically, oh, interesting. I feel like this is th- because he's trying to like show like here's all the problems that these people struggle with. Oh, that's and it's, fair. And it's and it's and like and there is there are there is absolute truth to that. But the story's told in a way where it's like. It's like every scene's got to check a box, right? Yeah. It's, it's oh like, yeah. It's like broken home, check. Teen marriage, <laughs> check. Drug abuse. <laughs> That's why it sounds like a lifetime parental, movie. Parental abuse, check. This right. movie is check. so basic in the way yeah. that it, it just you're absolutely it, right. It goes it. through these these uh, tropes that you would see on the Lifetime channel or the Hallmark channel or whatnot. And it's like, like you just said, oh, I came from a broken home and I pulled myself up and I worked hard and I it, went to the it, Marine this movie's Corps. Not, and it's not doing or saying anything that we haven't seen before or that really pushes boundaries. And so it just feels like such a basic film. That's exactly what I told Leanne. Yeah. This yeah. morning, she yeah. was just you know we were talking about it, and and that's what I said is like that's, it, like it's a well crafted film. It right. looks good. The I think the performances are fine. It's obvious that Glenn Close and Amy Adams were going for some Oscar bait. They totally swinging, fine. I get it. They are swinging for the fences. They and, are, and and I think those performances, they're because they're they're getting roasted a little bit, and and oh. I think it's because they they gave good performances in a not very good movie and so yeah. they really doubled down on on uh, on their performances but the, the screenplay just wasn't there that's the problem because right. sometimes when you're watching glenn close and we all know glenn close is good but when she's p- performing some of those lines and really going all in like you say it looks ridiculous it's in almost this comical it, i it will is. say <laughs> the look they gave her at one point i was like and starring glenn close as popeye <laughs> right that's what i mean sometimes the way that she emotes and everything and you're right it's because she's going all in but the script isn't there and it's just it just doesn't feel right it doesn't fit with the tone of this lifetime-esque movie right and so it stands out and and does come off comical which is unfortunate because these are great actors i will say that when they <clears throat> when they get to the end and they show pictures of what the grandmother looked oh, like the casting's perfect 
Well, it I, is. You think on it's all the, you think it's the casting, or you think it's the makeup? I was going to comment about the makeup. Well, is that she looks I mean, like they did a wonderful job. Sure, with, they go hand in hand. But yes, yeah, right. I agree. I, I agree. I mean, you could cast the wrong person, and they not couldn't have make it look me right. look like her. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they. Didn't. I was going to compare it to Charlize Theron uh, as Eileen Warnos, but I don't think like she did that to herself. There's definitely some makeup. But sure. she pulled like a Christian Bale and got into like a sh- the shape of Eileen Warnos. She spent um, six months as a streetwalker. No, yeah, can't. right, right. Totally making that. No, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> we can't back that up. Don't, yeah. don't add us. Uh, Are you talking about Mima? No. So yeah, <laughs> just yeah, Mima. Oh, gross. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Uh, but well, the, it was like, easier like, back then. They didn't have streetlights. That's true. Oh, yeah, there you just, go. yeah. When the when the it was She's yeah, like, you would have to worry about when the lights installed. are. <laughs> when the lights are down low, you know you don't know any better. Uh, but I like I just I did think that the transformation that Glenn Close did to look like uh, the grandma was was pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. But yes, there were moments where I was like, man, is her is that one eye just gonna come flying out of her skull? Because she's trying real hard, yeah. real hard. To, it's it's, it's to just the tone. Happen. Doesn't this movie work, does right. the impossible. It made me not attracted to Amy Adams. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> well, say, I mean, man. don't you remember what she looked like in the fighter though? Yeah, I but, mean, looks, but this is even this oh, is yeah. way rough. Yeah, this is like you know mom jeans and yeah uh, vests and permed hair like the whole shebang. But but also like heroin addict. Yes, you yes. know I mean also she's rough. It lo- yeah. She looks rough in this movie. It doesn't, I mean mom jeans. Uh, I mean we've seen Marissa Tomei in mom jeans. That doesn't wow, really you know. that doesn't really do anything. <laughs> it's it's the yeah it's the haggard appearance and and she's looking rough. Yeah, and, you can put Mario Andretti <laughs> in a Hyundai and he'll still beat me. <laughs> You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's, there's only so much you can do to tie a stallion down. And that's also a euphemism for what Tom would do if he met Marissa Tomei. I would not beat her. <laughs> no, not that part. Oh, okay. Mario Andretti. Put Mario Andretti in the Hyundai. Yeah. <laughs> oh, like the back of a Volkswagen? Yeah. Tie uh, her down? I might do that. <laughs> if I had uh, enthusiastic consent. Well, you, oh, you must. That's yes. a given. That's a given. Yeah, so I mean, the movie, like like we said, there's the the plot does exactly what you think it will do. And I will say at the end, I didn't know which way it was going to go, but I assumed it would go the way that it went, right? Like there's a the entire movie, your main character is struggling with staying back in his hometown or going to you know live his life the way he's been trying to live it. Yeah. So when it gets to the end, you're like. Eh. You know, I think at least two of us, Kevin, I don't want to speak for Kevin, but we know this pattern of behavior from Amy Adams, right? Like, uh, I think a couple of us have lived through a pattern of behavior like that. (laughs) Yes. And that does a number on the the victim, right? Like you are, you're almost brainwashed and you don't always do the right thing. So I will give them credit where it's just like, I don't know which way this is going to go. Like, I didn't read this guy's story. Um so I thought that was well done. Other than that, it does I, exactly I, what you think it'll do. I just I don't think that there are that many twists and turns, though. It, no, it, no, no, clear, not at all. It's I mean, I, I'm movie. just saying, like at the very end, when well, he has to make a decision to stay or go, there doesn't have to be twists and turns. Like this movie isn't trying to give you twists. No, and turns. no, it's no, trying no. to 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 peel back the cover and show you a part of America that you don't typically see, but they show it to you in a way that it doesn't feel like you've really seen anything all that revealing at all right but it's but it's cliched and predictable throughout the entire thing right that's what i mean you don't ever the whole point is that you know flash forward 14 years later and he's out of that lifestyle and he's going to yale and he's working jobs and working hard and he hasn't been home in a long time and the only reason he goes home is because his mom the amy adams character is using heroin and she's od'd and so he goes back to see her but but he doesn't even want to, right? And so, no, I he's. Know, really, from, I mean, he's there out of. I mean, his sister basically is begging him to just come. Just this home. obligation that he feels yeah. like he has to, but he's got other stuff going. He's living a different life. He's gotten out of that life, and so right. to me, going back there, there was no will he won't he. It's like no, he's. I mean, he, he's oh, going to be out of there as soon as he can, right? And go back. Well, to his, I see. I I agree with you. Is that that's the way a rational person would look at that? But when you grow up the way he grew up in that pattern of abuse 
and you are put back into that abuse, which he is immediately, like as soon as he's back at the hospital, it's the same story. And it's there's a manipulation that's going on, yes. there, right? There's a guilt manipulation of like, oh, you ran off and got your new life, and you don't care about us anymore. And so it's it's easy to get sucked into that spiral. And at some point, you know, you got to put the oxygen mask on yourself so you so you can live to help the next people. And and so there's like some misplaced loyalty, right? Because like, um, you know the at one point eighty and and I wish they had drilled down more on this. I think this would have been more an interesting thing to to examine. But like the idea where where Amy Adams' character is talking to her mom and she's just like, you know, you didn't do anything to help me. And basically, the mom did the easy thing. The mom would would bail her out of these situations and mm-hmm. and and so she and Amy Adams never really learned that lesson. And so, and so, what they think is family loyalty is actually ultimately ends up hampering and disabling these people. And 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 I see these people as like the characters in this movie. Just to be clear, well, I mean, in all fairness, I mean, you know, you, but bring you a see little, that you see yeah. that happen across all. You know, I mean, what is affluenza if not people bailing <laughs> their kids out of trouble? Right? It's just the effects aren't is typically readily apparent because they've got the means so it doesn't appear as is bad right right right. but um but so like you know a lot of what they what they think of is 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 loyalty and honor is is not working to to their advantage in some you're doing more damage than anything in certain situations in certain situations yeah like you know and 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 i think one of the biggest problems with the movie ultimately is he says early in like he loved growing up in Ohio, and yeah, it was the best years of his life. Blah blah blah. How about showing us some of those? Because <laughs> yeah, it's really brief. Like him in the water, but then they he's show him floating in the water, and then beaten up and peacefully, and then he immediately gets the crap kicked out of him. <laughs> right. And so, right, so like, I, you know, I'm just like, you, there's nothing like the it, the movie kind of undermines its own sense of drama because like. I'm just like, why would you want to go back to this? And we live right, in the right. Midwest, right? Like, we, you know, and we're just like watching this. And I'm like, why would you want to go back there? Like, there's they, they, he said that he liked it growing up, but he, they never show us one positive memory from his childhood. No, it's all bad. It's all bad. And so I'm just like, why does this guy have any affinity? And then the movie ends with, you know, in the 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 coda, the denouement, like it ends with, uh, um. You know, oh, and they move back to Ohio, and I'm just like, but why? why? Like, why would he go back to this world? It it was awful. Yeah, it I, was not. It was not kind to him. I wasn't a fan of the uh, the the devices they used for the flashbacks, like the 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 sequence that they would go back and forth to. Like, you're introduced to the kid, and like it's he's in the lake or whatever that you were referencing, and he gets beat up, and then immediately it flashes forward to like 14 years later, and then he's an adult, and it's basically him now that he's out of this life going to Yale going to law school trying to uh, get a summer internship but then it keeps flashing back to like you said every single terrible traumatic memory and I don't know the way it bounced back and forth to me I just I was following it but I, I didn't like the way that it did it what I was, didn't you like about it I feel like I feel like that's kind of how we get flashbacks all the time I don't know. I guess maybe I either didn't care enough about the character to be like, oh, my God, I can't wait to see how he became you sure. know, something about it. I, and, and it's probably the script not being interesting enough, but um, they didn't give me enough time with him and either one to really. Oh, care, that's fair. That's to fair. care about understanding where he came from. So, like, it just he seemed kind of bland and they they only spent a little bit of time with him. Like, oh, I work three jobs and now I'm going to do this interview and then okay let me get back to my childhood you know and i'm like okay but i don't really care why you don't know it, it, it i had trouble connecting with it and caring about the characters and i think part of that is the script i don't think that it's written enough for me to really care about these characters even though there's some great actors and they're they're going for it they're swinging for the fences yeah um but there yeah only, I, I just there was only one movie in this moment in this movie where i felt like it that felt true and was it the one when the grandma decided to go adopt him, basically? Because that yeah. was the only scene I really even liked where she kind of wakes up and realizes that she is responsible for her daughter 
beaten yeah. the way well, she I think is. She, yeah, she she realizes that I if I don't get this kid out of here, he's going to mm-hmm. go down the same path as the other yeah, one. Yeah, see, I didn't like that part. Oh, you and didn't? Then, okay. That was the only part I'm like, okay, finally, wake up, you know? I, and I, like, I, there was, I, I didn't like Wake, wake up movie, out of your coma from pneumonia? Like, clearly yeah. it... it you know, and this is a true story. So clearly, there was a moment like that, and and mm-hmm. and it worked. But but like, I just as a, from a film telling device, I just didn't buy that. Like, oh, the problem was no one had yelled at him in the right way. <laughs> like, right? And so I'm like, that just seems so simplistic. Of like, oh, if you yell at the child right, then he'll start to do his homework. Trust me. Yeah, I yelled at a kid. He did not start <laughs> to do his homework. Right? Like it's and and that kid had every advantage that you would you would want mm-hmm. you know and so i that part to me i was just kind of like you know i i just i didn't buy it even though i guess ostensibly it must have happened in some, one form or another no the, actually the only part that to me that felt like true and kind of revealing and offensive but still kind of sweet at the same time it's literally one line of dialogue and it's when uh and i don't even know the guy the character's name but when the main character shows Amy Adams a picture of his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's just a beat and she goes, "What is she?" "What is she?" Yeah. yeah it, I noticed that too. Yeah, and it's and it's like and she's not even being douchey about it. She just doesn't know. She's just like, you know, and and she says it in a way that is obviously uncool, but very uncool. <laughs> but 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 she like isn't being mean or hateful. It's just she's it's just not the world she grew up in and so she's just like you know, so she doesn't have a polite way to ask, like, "Oh, what is her ethnic background?" <laughs> right. Oh, well, yeah. let's talk about her heritage. Seeing like, is where they grew up and everything. There are totally. a lot of Indian and, people in the, you know, in yeah. The and, area. and I thought that line was great, and, and because mm-hmm. then the next thing, like, she doesn't say anything bad about the the girl or anything. I she's, picked that up too because she's yeah. like, "Oh, you should bring her, bring her home." Right. She's yeah. Like, bring her, and if she, it were me, and he's like, "You should bring her home," I was like, "Absolutely not." Because yeah. I was at first, no. I was like, "Oh, where are we going? Like, oh, is she going to be awful?" But then, yeah. like you said, it was genuine, and because, she didn't really know how to handle it. Because it also says something about the world that he's been living in, right? He's been hiding her from them, absolutely, because because she's not white, and and it doesn't know how they're going to react. Well, he also doesn't want to expose her. I think to, there's, I, I I think there's that's a component, and I think yeah. that's what he's telling himself. That oh, he doesn't sure. want to sure, put sure, his sure. girlfriend in this situation, and he's embarrassed about his background. But she clearly knows about his background. We get the whole. Ah, see, I don't think that she does because when I, I think he's hidden the, yeah. the extreme poverty and the drugs. But mm-hmm. she, oh, but okay. She, but she knows in broad strokes that you know she's that if she goes back to visit his family, it's not going to be. You know, they're not living in McMahon. You're not staying at the Ritz, right? Right, and so yeah. you might have a Ritz cracker. Especially with the the syrup syrup thing, and which man they tried real hard to make me give a shit. Sorry, Kevin, about the about them. Yeah, and they it, I just couldn't. It wasn't there. You like, and I don't have a problem for you. It did not like, yeah. and I thought the girlfriend was really good. I thought the guy was a serviceable actor. I thought he was fine. But See, the guy the, was the guy was kind of lifetimey to no, me. Too, I agree. I I'm totally like, agree. <laughs> Is he the most offensive? You know, like but, character. But when you see Amy Adams and Glenn Close acting, right, and then you go to the guy who, I mean, he seems like a nice enough guy, and I got what he was well, trying to do with the character, but his but, delivery of some of the lines, you were like, oh. in, in a lot of ways, that that guy, that character, is a spectator in his own story. Mm-hmm. Like, sure, he's sitting there, and the action's revolving around him, but he really does isn't doing a whole lot to drive mm-hmm. the narrative, except for the final decision of. Of what to do with Amy Adams and how and whether or not should to I go stay or should I go? Yeah, I thought the uh, casting of the young JD and then the college was pretty good. Was really I thought they looked just like totally. one another. Whatever yeah. they did with that yeah. casting and the real guy, I think they both looked a lot like the real guy. So yeah. hats off to the casting. But I just thought the young one and the old one. I'm, I'm like, wow, I would really believe he would grow up to look like that. And absolutely, uh, I no, didn't I see the, they were related the, yeah. or anything. So that was good. Yeah, the casting was re- was really good. But um, yeah, I, like I said, he just didn't. He he just like I said, he seemed like a spectator in his own story mm. and. And I'm sure. In well, he's not on the poster. I mean, he's the main oh, character. Really? Yeah, I mean, think about it. He's the main character. He's the author of the book that it's adapted from. 
and the front cover is Amy Adams and Glenn Close. I guess that makes doing sense. their thing. On, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like he's, he's, so. Would you say that they're both supporting actresses? Supporting? I mean, I don't think, think you call who's the lead. One a lead. Amy's the lead actress. Glenn Close. You think so? Call, uh, yeah, and I would call Glenn Close supporting. All right. But you're right. They, like they, they all both... are kind of supporting in this movie. That's, That's kind of what is I thought. You... Is like there's not like they. I feel like they're both when they're when either they're on screen together, but then there's like solo screen time. I I have to believe is almost identical. Well, and I was like, so when I was watching this, I was thinking, oh, okay. So when he's grown up, the Mima is passed away, so you don't have to get Glenn Close for those scenes, right? Right. Like, so we're oh, we're only going to see Glenn Close in flashbacks, meaning she didn't have to film that long on the movie. I just kind of was like, okay, she's not in the whole thing because. You know, to me, she's on the poster, and I'm thinking, I didn't know this movie, not watching trailers or whatever, I didn't know it was a flashback type thing, right? right. So, so I'm thinking, oh, we're just going to be in this childhood and with these parents, grandparents. And um, so it was kind of interesting for me when I saw that device that, I, again, I wasn't really too fond of how they did it uh, just because I didn't care that much. But um, <laughs> but yeah, so you're only seeing her in the flashbacks. And then even then, it's, she's clearly not in them all. Uh, Amy Adams maybe is in, in a little bit more, but, but they're both kind of just come in and, and go out because he's like the kid is staying with his mom. And then sometimes they'll be with the grandma. There's certain life events. So like, yeah. what do they focus on? They focus on their first one is with them. Them le- leaving. Leaving. And, and then, then. Like they leave Kentucky to move to Ohio. Yeah. Right. Oh, see, I, I took it as they were leaving for the summer. Because the kid says, "Why are we always the oh, ones?" Oh, I thought you meant the, I thought you meant like leaving with a capital L and from the from oh, the oh, oh. yeah, like it 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 opens with they they were visiting for a week or so with you know with relatives back in Kentucky and now they were packing up to go. Right. Yeah. Right. And so uh, there's and there's certain we... life events where um, he, I mean, I don't want to skip ahead too much, but like there's because this movie bounces around and then bounces back to his flashbacks. So it's kind of hard right. sequentially to figure out where things lie. But a lot of the flashbacks revolve around his mom. So the Amy Adams character and how she has a lot of issues. There's like a lot she of has mental anger issues and she's abusive and yeah, drug she, problems. Yeah. She gets mad. And most of these flashbacks, when she gets mad, she starts hitting people. Right. Right. So people don't, when people say something she doesn't like, she hits them when people don't cooperate. And like this kid is innocent in a lot of it. He's a kid. And he says, some dumb things that kids don't quite have the you know the experience to know what to say or not like the one when he's in the car was it after the um the trading card shop she brings him to go get trading cards well i think she no because you're talking about in the car yeah right like in the car when he goes to like runs up to the woman's house when after the cops the, uh, they, go to they, go to the, they, they go to the 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 sports card store and they're buying football cards and then the mom acts like an idiot and they right and they get kicked out and, and then and, they seem like they're in like they're doing well. They just they they stole these cards, but the guy was a jerk. Whatever, no big deal. But then doesn't he talk about how the friend calls her something? Isn't that the same scene where then she? I just don't totally, think it is. Is it because different? I think, yeah, because the the scene that I'm thinking in the car, I thought things went scene, bad after the trading card scene. Like no, pretty quickly. no, she's t- she's taking him to get trading cards because things were bad. Like, that's the thing. They're always like things are always. That's the bad problem. This, is they're it, always bad. It, it, that's it, but but the point is the main point I'm trying to say is that like she'll seem fine, like they're doing okay or whatever. But one person says the wrong thing or does the wrong thing, and this Amy right. Adams character flies off the hinges. She starts hitting people. She starts yelling people. Yeah, get out of my I, car. I was walk married home. to this. Like, just <laughs> right, it's flip of a <laughs> like, switch kind of a thing. Yeah, and, where it's like you know, like you th- you think you're having a normal conversation and you're not saying anything controversial mm-hmm. and like and you don't know where the landmines are buried because like you'll say something that you don't think is a is is crazy or offensive and next thing you know you're in the middle of a fight right and and uh and 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 I would say that my my ex-wife came from a a, a similar background and so um and so, like, there were large swaths of this movie that that I recognize, especially in regards to this character, the Amy Adams character, except for the attractiveness. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, real quick, when we're talking about flashbacks and stuff, 
why the hell did they flash back to when the Miwa was a kid for three seconds and then never go? Like, what was the point of them flashing back to the grandparents so being I, young? Uh, so I, 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 I liked what they were trying to do here, but you're right. They, they should, they should have, they should have fleshed that out more because yeah, right. I think th- what they're trying, to, what I, what they were trying to illustrate is that this is generational, right? Like, the, right. like that's each it's, generation it's a, it's a learned behavior informs yeah. the next one, and so everyone's trying to to overcome the obstacles that have been put in their place by the previous generation. And if you don't, then then like then now you you the kind of spirals down further. And so right. um uh, but that flashback was out of place when they go to the grandparents for two seconds and de-age them down for one scene. Well, you don't even like they don't even de-age them. They're well, different actors. Okay, right. Yeah. But I'm saying the characters, oh, let me flash back and oh my I can imagine my Vima running around, <laughs> running away from something, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay. And then they never go back to it. They never really spend any time with that, with the grandparents as that young age. It's, it's such a throwaway thing where I, yeah. I get if they were actually, if they executed it better and you saw more of how that informed the behavior that then became the right. Yam's behavior that then taught him and that he escaped. Right. You sure. know, yeah. You know, they, they want to point to the mom or to, to Mima. I feel mm-hmm. dumb even saying that, but, um, <laughs> but uh, they want to point to Mima is, is saying that like, well, because of she was a bad mother, look what she did to Amy Adams. But at the same time, like that something happened to her, right? Yeah. Like something, something yeah. happened to her that caused her to raise her daughter this way. And, 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 and I think ultimately that's that's the story the movie needs to be telling is that is that there there was some sort of quirk in the wiring of of JD the main mm-hmm. character I finally remembered his name um, there was some sort of quirk in the wiring of JD's head that caused him to figure out how to kind of break this cycle but and, he doesn't. In all fairness, there there are moments like at the like at the interview dinner table, or uh, when he's talking to he the doctor, he struggles with it, and he, he does struggle always, with it. He doesn't always succeed, but ultimately he's breaking this cycle. He got out. I mean, he got out. Yeah, right. that's the that's the and point. Even is- though he moves back at the end, we learn you can tell from the pictures he's moving back to a very different Ohio than the Cincinnati, one, Ohio, than the one he left. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I also I think the more interesting story is his sister. Right, like his sister stays behind because and has her own family. Yeah, and and because and and again, they they don't really address this except just in like li- there's like little moments, but like the sister is who raised him, right? Yes, like, yes. The the sister is the one that raised this kid ultimately, not the mom. At least in you know between the ages of zero and you know ten or or twelve, because um there's there's a moment where like the mom's like going off the hinges and doing crazy stuff and like and 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 then what do you see in the background the sister's making food and she sets a a sandwich in front of the kid and yeah and uh you know and you can see that like she's the one who's been holding it together and then you know and then she gets gets out and she doesn't get out physically she still lives in this area but she definitely she moves the ball forward it's just she doesn't get the best-selling, you know, memoir because she doesn't move the ball forward as right. far as JD does. She finds a, a from what we can best we can tell finds a, a decent person to partner with. Well, it's and, the same guy. It's the same guy that we see. It, it, the the same guy that she's been she like that that character dates the entire time. Yeah, but they build yeah. a life together and they have kids. They and do. It looks like it's it can be a little hand to mouth at times, but that he's got a good job and and that they're 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 building a more stable life. In a way that the people before them maybe hasn't. She's hasn't. got terrible luck playing sisters. She was the sister and the devil all the time. Yeah, it's interesting how the Netflix. I was going to say the Netflix <laughs> movies use the same almost yeah, like, like a, and a I troop. Don't think <laughs> it's purposeful, but sometimes it does feel like like it's they like, have yeah, a repertoire. Can't company. catch a break. That's a uh, Haley Bennett is the yeah. one, the sister. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, and then there's that scene later that really drives that point home that you guys were talking about, where uh, the Mima character is talking to the sister, and the sister's like, "I should have been there. I should have whatever." And Mima is like, "No, he needs a mother. Not like that's not your responsibility." She's you know she feels yeah. bad when that like the sister failed him by not being there enough. But it's like no, she was trying to escape and get her own life and get out of it. Right. And she's 
she's and, constantly like, I'm on the phone or I'm going yeah. out with whoever her boy. Like she was you constantly can, you trying can tell to that the, the sister in a lot of ways gave up a good chunk of her childhood to raise this yeah. kid because right. Amy Adams couldn't hold her hold her act together. Mm-hmm. Right. You right. It, yeah. It was so, it, there. Oh, there's there are other scenes that show like Amy Adams, just how she would be irresponsible. And, and besides from the anger stuff, like. That time at the hospital when she got the roller skates and then she's skating oh, through the God, hospital so and the doctors are like, what are you doing? Call the security. She's like, oh, yeah, call security. And she gets fired. Like, she just didn't care about. Well, she was also well, she's high. high as a kite. Yeah. Right. But, but like, yeah, but but and again, I've seen this firsthand. She thinks she's being cute and funny and everybody else is like, <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you? Like, right. I mean, yeah, like I can't tell you how many times I was mortified by. By my ex-wife's actions, where I'm just like, "What is wrong? What with are you? you doing?" Yeah, and it's between whatever mental illness she has, and and then you pour some drugs on top of that, and I'll let you decide which whether I'm talking mm. about the movie or my ex-wife. Um, <laughs> but you know, like, yeah, you end up in situations like this a lot, and I mean, you know, my guess is in the in the with the football card scene, like she she was. I mean, it doesn't explicitly say it, but she was probably high then too. Yeah, I think she always was because probably yeah, at some I, point, uh, yeah. Yeah. So th- that brings up an interesting. So was this a Netflix movie or was this one that Netflix bought? Well, you mean did they produce it or did they pick or it? Or was this like made a theatrical thing that went to Netflix because theaters don't exist anymore? Right. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, so in January of 2019, Netflix won the rights to the film after bidding 45 million on the project. So it sounds like they wanted to adapt the novel. Yeah. Okay. I just I was thinking that w- that this now brings up an interesting point uh you know obviously we've seen wonder woman is going day and date with theaters and digital king kong yeah, i like looks how like it d- maybe i like how wonder woman skirted that you know oh w- yeah <laughs> wb in theaters only but now it's like well it still will be in a theater <laughs> like yeah, just not only they were holding so hard to that and they were trying to be tenant and they're like yeah remember what happened back with tenant right that's that? exactly it tenant was I, like, I just, they're like never mind i mean and i feel for him because okay i get it that's a big budget movie that that's a blockbuster type theater movie i totally understand why you would want it to but also we're in the middle of a global pandemic so sometimes you have to get past yourself and i get that it sucks that it's not always going to be experienced like that but Here's the deal. People aren't going anyway. I mean, for the most part, people aren't going. So if you're going to try to release your movie, they're not going to see it on the big screen anyway. They're going to wait till home video. So why not get it out in front of as many eyes as possible? Like just the fact that they would not concede to that at all. And then they're like, oh, yeah, well, it's going to be in both. So, it's still, <laughs> you know, it's just neener, neener. Uh, yeah, it's like, come on, get over yourselves, guys. Again, <laughs> I get it. But, you know, when in Rome, you kind of have to adapt. And this is just it, it's a strange time. And, mm-hmm. and WB seems like they're finally, as you said, Joe, with the, Especially, the Godzilla is WB, too. And that's another huge block. Like they have their own film. service. Just do the Disney thing. Well, that's what they're you know, doing. Char- we'll charge 20 bucks. 20 yeah, bucks for a premium HBO, HBO max doesn't have the subscriber base. Disney does. Oh, sure. And sure, so sure. they're that trying to build it up. So they're going to start dropping the stuff on HBO max. And also HBO max is two to three times as expensive as Disney, depending on, you know, how you subscribe like Disney, you could do an annual thing and it ends up being $4 or whatever, where HBO right. max is 15 bucks a month. So, you know, they've got to give you that value. And so by giving you theatrical films that, that are these big films and just dropping them on there, you know, you're spending that 15 bucks, which is already an investment. So I think it's smart for them to do that. Uh, I think we saw how Mulan backfired and now soul mm-hmm. is going free on Disney plus on Christmas. So it's smart. I think if they want to promote these streaming services, they have to give people the value and that's what they're doing. And so only time will tell if they start trying to do the premium model on top of that again. Yeah. I just don't know how the business model works in terms of... I mean, we've always wondered this about Netflix, but mm-hmm. now that you want to take $200 million movies and yeah. that were designed for theatrical release and put them on streaming platforms for $13 a month, like I, I just don't know how... There's no back-end deals. How that's sustainable long I feel like that negates a back-end deal, right? Like, there's like nothing... Have to start giving you a subscriber. That's, spits, I mean, you know? right? Like, Gal Gadot, if she says, I, I'll take a back-end on... Wonder Woman, and she makes, you know, buku bucks on the first one, but now we're here, and there is no back-end money right. to be had. Well, I, I'm sure they have to renegotiate contracts. 
So they expected that movie to come out theatrically, right, and have the run. Like, all that stuff is in their contracts. If they're going right. to put it on streaming, which will then take a huge chunk of the theatrical away, I'm sure they had to go to the, the principals and and be like, well, okay, we're going to move it here. Your contract's getting bumped from 5 to 15, you know, for right. the main ones that's, or whatever. They, they can't just be like, oh, we're not releasing it. Like, that's, that's the problem they're running into with a lot of these streaming changes was they couldn't just throw theatrical movies into – to streaming because they had all these deals set up for for um, residuals or, or sure. Back-end. That, so Jesse Ventura did that to Vince McMahon. Vince oh, McMahon was releasing ding, ding. all. Wow, I don't remember a wrestling uh-huh. corner in a while. It's been a minute. So yeah. what he would nice. do? They would release. Oh, nice. <laughs> he would. They would release all of the like the old from the like eighty nine to like ninety one. Whenever he was there announcing, right? Like they'd release them on VHS. All of the events, all of like the, mm-hmm. some of the shows, and Jesse Ventura was like, hey. I'm on all those. Like, that's my voice on all. So he sued Vince McMahon uh, for however much money because for royalties, because he Mm -hmm. wasn't getting royalties from those VHS tapes. He wins. And then Vince McMahon uh, fires Jesse Ventura like that (laughs) kind of way that works. But it was just like that. But to that to that point, though, like that's he was doing that before. Right. Like every VHS tape that was being sold that was all going to the to the WWF mm-hmm. at the time and Jesse Ventura was seeing none of that money and he was like no 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 like I'm front and center on all of those tapes uh, yeah, pay me my residuals it's yeah I mean it's interesting it's very very similar to uh, like the what was it the Superman thing or like the whole uh, you know we're filming two movies at the same time we're gonna use your footage yeah in a different movie oh you know, that but you only got Back paid to the for, Future no, back, you future, only got paid yeah. for one movie yeah exactly it's it's that same thing where it's like yeah if you're you're signing up for this pay-per-view whatever fine but now you're releasing it on home video and you're selling a whole different you know that gets into a different release and and so at 30 to 40 bucks a pop in the 80s like that's, it's very complicated and that's why that's why it's this new landscape is so complicated for them to navigate because again they're setting up for a, a like they have a certain um schedule in mind they're going to do theatrical then they're going to do streaming then they're going to do home video and and so when things shift they can't just be like like everyone's like just release it well they can't just release it. <laughs> right there's a little um, bit of work involved going forward they may i mean as things change those will start being built into the contract you know the streaming thing or maybe they'll even have a clause in there like if this skips theaters you know if it goes to theaters this if, if it skips theaters you get paid x right like they may start uh building oh, those scenarios in. Did, like yeah two different tiers of mm-hmm. residuals yeah i mean i mean and then you hear reports that mgm wanted 800 million dollars for the new bond flick and it's <laughs> like what streaming company could i mean maybe apple. netflix uh, oh yeah, that's true apple could and, and you're you'll and I think you'll find movies like that in the short term being able to broker those sorts of deals because these these streaming networks can see it as a, as a lost leader to mm-hmm. prop up subscriptions or yeah. to try and jumpstart subscriptions. I think sure, that's what you're sure. seeing with Wonder Woman. HBO Max is a good service with lots of quality entertainment. Yeah. But but they um, they really dropped the ball when it came to marketing this thing out of the gate, and, oh, yeah. and it was massively mishandled and a, and a comically so practically. And a, I gotta tell you, it's a terrible name. It's a terrible name. People it's don't understand name. it. People didn't the understand confusion. the difference between HBO Go, HBO Online, HBO Max. Right. You know, like I'll, it was. It was. I'll so tell you confusing. one thing. I'm. I mean, we're in this industry, you know, and we talk movies and streaming all this stuff. When it came out, I thought HBO Max was a partnership with Cinemax. I thought you oh, got HBO. Really? I thought you got HBO and Cinemax because I'm like, well, what the hell is HBO Max? I, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, I thought it was a why not? A why not call it? I'm gonna. Like, I thought if, it. If I happens. thought HBO Max was a partnership with the sanitary napkin. And so, <laughs> but that's HBO why not Maxi. call it the yeah. Change your change your colors to golden blue, and call it the water tower. Right, like yeah, I, I just, mean, I you know, Peacock is like okay, it's yeah, but those, HBO yeah, those are dumb though. <laughs> HBO is very branded, and so like I mean, yeah. I, I agree. Wanted to utilize that, but the other problem too is like, it, especially initially, it was like, how do you even get it? It was so weird. Like, I was subscribing to HBO through Amazon Prime, but that was oh, not going right. to become HBO Max, and so I had to get HBO Max. I had to unsubscribe to <laughs> HBO so I could go resubscribe to it through a different platform like that 
what and then I think now it does work on Prime. It I, it just it just yeah. showed up like a week ago. I'm like Prime. Prime. It was wow. just, it was ridiculous. Like, I'm like, well, like why, it, it was, and like you were saying, Kevin, like, we do this, I, I won't say for a living, but for a, a very advanced hobby, and yeah. and we couldn't figure it out. And I'm well, in marketing. Well, this is the time, too, when, when it came out, remember that HBO no, Now and HBO Go. That's the other one, HBO Now, yeah. yeah. And so it, w- it was just so stupid the way that they had you had HBO through your provider. You had HBO Go. If you had a cable provider, you could stream it there. If you didn't have a cable provider, you'd subscribe to HBO Now. Then they came out with HBO Max while still Go and Now exist and HBO <laughs> on Prime and your cable providers. Yeah. It's like, no, you what they needed to do, what they should have done, and I know it still probably has contracts and all that back-end stuff that prohibited them but they should have then waited or figured it out and had like okay if you have hbo you have hbo max or whatever they call it like like you just have it it don't don't make it so that this one has this service and this has this like it was a terrible idea from the beginning and i agree like with what tom said about the content and the offerings and the way the app works and everything like i think it's one of the best streaming providers out there like the content is it's actually flipping through it last night and it's it has it's, great it's intense. TV and film, and yeah. they tie in a lot of other uh, companies. Originals, original products? Just, yeah, not just w, uh, WB stuff. They have, but, yeah, uh, but the I don't think the average consumer really gets it. They still think yeah. it's HBO. It's like, right. it's like right. oh, I get all the HBO stuff. They don't get how much is on there, which, yeah, the, which is why I think they're choosing to release Wonder Woman this way is because they want people to get pulled in and see how good it is. Right. And so I think Apple, because they have like literally all the money in the world, right? Mm-hmm. Right, and, and right. so like Apple could throw $800 million at a James Bond because I think Apple's having a similar problem with getting people to watch Apple TV. Like, I, I have not watched I've, a single I've thing I've got it, TV. and I never watch it. Yeah, I, I, I have I, no... I th- <laughs> Crystal just switched to iPhone, so I think we have it. We haven't even you tried get it for to a watch year. It. Yeah, you get yeah. it for a year when you get the new iPhone. Like I have an Apple TV, and I have I've gotten it with the iPad and and a new phone, like to give you a year service or whatever. And I've heard there's good shows like that Ted Lasso, but oh yeah, I don't know what it is. I just something about it. It's just really hard to you know. I'll put on Netflix or HBO or Hulu before I'll put on Apple TV. It's yeah. just I don't know what the stuff. I think for a long time it's because they didn't have an app on anything else. If you remember, you had to watch Apple TV right. on an app. Apple TV. That's how it right, used to be. Right. And so finally, like the Roku now I see has Apple TV built into it, which is cool. My Samsung um, TV does. Okay. Yeah. Oh, so, does it? so I think it's just programming people, right? Like yeah. we have so many service providers now and so many, so many different streaming platforms. It's going to take people a while to learn that yeah. hey, you can flip it's, over to Apple. And so back to the James Bond thing, I think like that could benefit Apple. Like they're, they wouldn't actually be able to show a profit, but if it gets people into their ecosystem, if it gets them, subscribing yes. or even logging into a subscription that they already have that they haven't bothered to even attempt to utilize like I would for James Bond I'm like okay let's figure out how Apple TV I would, works yeah I'd figure that and, out for James and, Bond uh, um, and I'm not even a James Bond fan and I would do it you know but so it would it would it would probably ultimately be beneficial for Apple to th- to throw 800 million dollars at something like that and those James Bond underst- movies make so much money worldwide money. that like I get why they'd be like, no, no, no. If you're going to do it, it's going to be a payday. No, um, it has to. Yeah. yeah. And, and the other thing is, too, do you guys realize how much Apple's worth right now? No. I just, what, get, oh. just guess the company, how much Apple's valued at. I'll let the, Tom go first. I'm going to say. <laughs> so we can't say $1. Yeah, $1. I'm going to start with $1, <laughs> assuming you're still going to win. So uh, I'm going to say, what, like $300 billion. Okay, yeah, Joe? I was going. I was going like two hundred billion. Okay, two years ago, Apple finally reached one trillion dollars. In twenty twenty, two years later, it took forty two years to get them to one trillion. In twenty eighteen, in twenty twenty, they were two trillion. Wow, trillion. Jesus. So eight hundred. So eight hundred million is ain't not nothing. The, right. It, that and, is a and drop now in Google, the bucket. Now Google, how much? cash on hand does apple have i mean i know it's the most cash rich yeah. company they have more cash on hand than the u.s government than the yeah i mean ca- yeah apple cash value let's see 
Um, but the point is also when you buy a an eight hundred million dollar movie, that's also a write off. They're not spending. Sure. The, the company's worth two trillion, and then they write off on their taxes an eight hundred million dollar expense. It's not yeah. costing them. <laughs> it's probably costing them one hundred and fifty million of cash, right? Because their taxes are so high. But they it's just they don't pay taxes anyway. Google how much. <laughs> tax, what are you talking about? Google how much tax Apple paid. Well, last that's year. my that's my point though. Is I mean, it's I'm just <laughs> Come saying. On January, they've got they're in that tax bracket, and then they've got so many expenses. Yeah. So it, it doesn't matter at this point for them. They can buy an 800 million dollar movie, and it, like you said, it's just going to generate them subscribers. It's marketing, and they're not paying for it anyway. Um, I found an article that's semi recent, July 30th of 2020 on CNBC. They now have 193 billion in cash. So what you thought their company was worth is their cash in the bank. (laughs) Yeah, totally. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. they're they're worth ten times the cash they have in the bank, and their cash in the bank is more than any other company in the U.S. That's bonkers. Yeah, it's insane. And that and I knew it would be crazy high because I felt like I was going high even then. But but because I but I know that like like obviously I but you know by default know a lot about Peloton. And uh, and like Peloton's, I think valued at like four. I think at like forty billion right now. So I'm like, if Peloton's worth forty billion, what's Apple? Apple. You know, that's insane. Yeah, it's it's. You can tell how much we liked this movie. Oh, there's just like we said, it's very paint by the numbers. I mean, here's here's the deal. So we didn't really run through the plot, but he gets out of his crazy upbringing and he's like i said he was interviewing for a, a law firm internship he goes to yale and he flashbacks and you see how terrible his life is and his mother's abusive you know uh she has the drug problems and all that and so he escapes from that life i mean it just keeps flashing back to how terrible she is uh she gets a heroin overdose he has to go back home and see her he realizes why he left and uh you know there's some nice moments that they get into eventually as he helps his mom and he ends up moving then he has back to there. decide if he's going to help her mom help his mom or go to the interview and he decides to go to the interview yeah and i mean that's the story but the, but the moments are very paint by numbers and like yeah. we said it's predictable it's not like you haven't seen it um and the story is interesting enough and i'm sure the memoir is really interesting but the movie the main problem again was the script and how it didn't really pull you in and care about the characters and so even with great actors the the script was so ho-hum that you just didn't yeah. really feel anything for them so his overcoming this adversity and getting out of this life which yes it's terrible his upbringing was horrible uh and you feel for him but i i didn't really connect in a way that they wanted me to uh and that was the main downfall and you've got a competent filmmaker in ron howard competent actors i mean more than competent actors and uh yeah it, it was just okay yeah, like it's like I said, it just it kind of came off as being a little condescending, and it, it's one of those movies that thinks it's being more profound than it actually is. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. right. I totally and like I said, it was a fine movie. It was an air an airport novel of a movie that I'll never remember. It, it, it was not as offensive as New Mutants. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, I didn't I'm, get angry while I was watching it. We're well, that's because you care more about mutants than you do about hillbillies. That's also true. Yeah. <laughs> I am more invested in mutants <laughs> at this point. <laughs> so I guess uh, I guess that's hillbilly elegy. Like, there's really not a whole lot else to talk about. I What's just, an elegy? Uh, it's like a, a. I think it's like a about the death of something. It's um, is it like a eulogy? That's a. But see, I kept thinking it was hillbilly eulogy, and then I'm like, oh, elegy. What's an elegy? That's what I got confused with too. Well, a eulogy is spelled with a U, isn't it? Yes. Well, no, right. That's what I mean. But oh. a eulogy is what you give at a funeral. And I thought that it was like, oh, hillbilly eulogy, like, yeah, oh, it's he's... A, a poem or serious reflection, typically a lament for the dead. I was thinking it was a song, but I knew that didn't sound right. But yeah, it's 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 something you, you write for someone who's dead. So it's basically, I think it's, it's supposed to be like hillbilly elegy. It's like the this is kind of the demise of hillbillies in general. Like this is mm-hmm. what they, cause he talks ah. about how like he's a distant relative to the Hatfield McCoy feud and that like, this is kind of what's come out of hillbillies and that like it's, it's, they're no longer hillbillies, but this is kind of what's left of what it's turned into. You know? well, it's, it's interesting. Even the Mima says we're hill people. Yeah, I just thought that was all I could think of is there's a line in the Simpsons where uh, 
Cletus? Where Lisa says, <laughs> slack, oh. Lisa's talking to uh, the doctor, and he says something, and she's, I forget what he, what he says, and she corrects him, like, from a PC standpoint, and she's like, well, they preferred to be called, and and he's <laughs> it's like, a, it's it it is a Halloween special, yeah, and uh, they're talking about, <laughs> I believe they prefer to be called conjoined twins, yeah, and oh, he, yeah that's when what Bart is <laughs> when when Bart has the one yeah. attached to him, and then, yes, <laughs> and then the, the, the doctor is like, well, Hillbill is preferred to be called people of the land, but it's not going to happen. <laughs> Oh man, oh, that's a great episode. Let's yeah. just talk about Simpsons. Yeah, done. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I mean, I think it's just kind of the demise of that that yeah. world, and this is kind of the the remnants of it. You know? So, do you read an elegy at a eulogy? <laughs> that's too much. I don't. I mean, I guess you would. I though. mean, I guess you could. You could. But um, I, it's, it, it but just... he even says here, elegy is sometimes confused with eulogy. Right. So, I mean, I guess if you wanted to write a poem and read mm-hmm. it at someone's funeral, then you've technically composed an elegy. Same. But I, but um, but I, but I, I think most eulogies are in prose. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, I, you know, that's how I wrote the mine. So, yeah. but uh, but yeah, so it's it's just you know more, it's more artsy to call it an elegy. Oh, I see. So well, it's fancy, it's high art. Yeah. And I think he's also it's you know he it's the the juxtaposition of the two terms right elegy is something that you know it's based in Greek and Roman poetry and it's very fancy and then you put hillbilly in front of it and it's like it's a good yeah. title I think yeah you know I yeah you know, I, 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 I I like it, the two words together like it, it's incongruent so like I I like, I like that I like it but the fact that probably most people don't know what an elegy is as yeah. I didn't understand. I mean, again, like I know what a eulogy is, but I didn't understand that this was a poem uh, written about the dead or whatnot. So yeah. I don't think that 90% of the people watching this on Netflix are going to even understand what the title means. And so that's why it's kind of like the words are so similar, both in visual appearance and meaning yeah. that I bet you a lot of people just their mind flips yeah. the word elegy to eulogy mm-hmm. so mine did yeah yeah that's so i mean because i <laughs> until i really looked at it i wasn't thinking about it but i was just like oh it's not eulogy what is that word yeah interesting <laughs> so there you go anyway i guess uh that's it for this one do we have any idea what we're gonna do next week uh no <laughs> <laughs> thanks for clearing that up I th- isn't the- all right there's po- cool. i mean there, there's that's the thing things are rapidly changing there's a totally. lot of streaming content uh as we're not going to the theaters at the moment so uh you know there's a smorgasbord of uh options for us <laughs> well i don't think we can go to smorgasbords anymore because no moment. i don't think we're gonna go to, i well, well it's I'm a virtual not, smorgasbord not in your best oh, interest okay. to do it beforehand anyway e-smorgasbord <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway i guess that's it for this one let's go around the virtual table and everyone can say where to find them this is Joe. You can follow me on the Twitter at Joy Butts, B-U-T-T-S 21. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett. And this is Tom. You can follow me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. If you want to find the show online, Facebook.com slash Real Spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group, and of course, check out our Patreon at Patreon.com slash Real Spoilers. So that's it for this one. As you heard, we have no idea what we're doing next time, but we will do something, so uh, be sure and come back. Thanks for tuning in, and until next time, Lewis kills the rapist. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we already warned you. Better watch out, it's gonna ruin the plot. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. Real spoilers. 